0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply, see McDonald's.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. they are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football
2: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan
1: network talk sport powered by fans Danilo's free. And he goes one. Oh.
0: first time we've seen them attack them and that's Francis well that's what I've wanted to Tyler!
3: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Red Side of the Trend. Thanks for joining us as ever on this Sunday morning. I'm joined as ever by Adam Wicklow, Christian Brown and Lee Clark as a tale of two 3-2 two scorelines were the story of Forest Week. The first um, was a hard-fought 3-2 win in extra time in the FA Cup third-round replay at Blackpool, which we made bloody hard work of. Uh, that set up a tie against Bristol City at Ashton Gate, which is uh, this Friday evening. And um, we'll speak about that a bit more and later. But more recently was a three-two defeat away at Brentford last night in the Premier League, in which we will dive straight into. So, Adam, um, we discussed lineups in the week, um, but a lot more detail was added um, from there in terms of players missing. So, it did make us see two changes from the Blackpool FA Cup replay because Matt Turner returning goal and Gonzalo Montiel returned at right back. Um, this week, has also saw Andrew Amabadadeli make his Forest debut in the Cup at Blackpool and they also kept his place for the game last night. Um, what did you make of the changes?
4: I mean, I called Paul Taylor a liar in like three group chats. Because
3: <laughs> <So>, I, <laughs> thought, I thought Morgan Gibbs-White or
4: Alanga would, would be fit and it was kind of some housery from Nuno, but it wasn't. Um, but I thought we had enough to still go and cause Brentford some trouble. I thought it gave us the opportunity to play from the back with two ball ball-playing centre midfielders and that balance with Amabam being right and Murillo being a left footer. Tavares at left back kind of, we might get onto this later, but he's very hit and miss, isn't he, with his ability. Like, he can do one thing brilliant, and the next thing is absolute garbage. So, that kind of thing kind of doesn't sit too well with me. Um, happy that Callum Hudson-Odoi was fit enough to play. I thought, yeah, yeah, again, another game where you can say does something brilliant followed by something rubbish. But I thought with what, with what we've got, it's the best team we have available. Unfortunately, it's whether you play like Williams up wider, so you can move Dominguez into the middle or whatever. But I still think we had enough to cause Brentford problems, and we and we did largely. I mean, we'll get onto it. We 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 dominated the game in terms of stats. So. I was quite happy. As like it is what it is. At least Nuno's going for it. You can't fault him for that, really.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the team selection was pretty much... Yeah, you could have jiggled a few, probably the full-backs around, couldn't you? And maybe put them as wingers, um, which, I mean, Nico was for a little period of game when he come on, Monty. But, yeah, with obviously six players at AFCON, we've also got Taiwo, Alanga, Gibbs-White injured. You can chuck Felipe as well into that conversation. So that's 10 first-teamers really out. So... It was a very needs-must um, team, really. But, Christian, I mean, me and you um, sat together, stood together at the ground, whatever you want to say. I mean, we both got to wit- witness the Ivan Tony show live from West London in all its glory. Um, but that was quickly silenced um, as we took the lead after only three
2: minutes from Danilo. I mean, talk us through that goal. What a goal that was. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, that we won uh, probably the goal of the month for the entire Premier League, if we're being honest. I mean, like... To take it down on his left thigh and then to volley it in with his right foot into that bottom corner—that takes some serious skill to do that. And yeah, it's an unbelievable goal from Danilo. I mean, like, it was—it was, was literally a perfect start. I mean, like, uh, unfortunately for us, obviously we've seen this before where we scored in the first five minutes and not one. But it was—it um, was brilliant. It was an absolutely sensational goal from Danilo And I thought, you know, as well, I'm sure we'll come on to him in that performances or whatever else, so I won't say too much, but. I generally think that's probably the best he's played all season. If you even take away the goal, taking the goal away, I thought the way he ran the midfield, the way he was like looking to get stuck in, like keeping the ball ticking over. Zilla was really, really good yesterday. And like, if he hadn't scored at that point, you'd have said he was one of those players that deserved the goal. And goodness me, what a strike. Uh, It's just, I mean, There's no keeper getting anywhere near that. Unfortunately, it's the sort of goal that Bacademus is getting faced with every other week, it seems like. But, um, it's it's an unbelievable strike. And, um, yeah, I think the way he takes it down is just so, so good. Like He just cushions it, takes all the pace out of the ball and then just rattles it bottom corner. It's a brilliant, brilliant goal. It'll be He'll be either Bat or Hudson Odoi, I think, for goal of the season from a Forest perspective. But I think, in, in terms of the wider prem, I'd be amazed if that's not Premier League goal of the month for January. I guess Gibbs White's Manu goal could be in there with
3: a shot as well for yeah. our goal of the season. I mean, from I don't, I'm not sure about you, but from where I was, it looked like it was going wide because kind of flattened, yeah. it waved it away, Anton, <laughs> and it or you just seen it was dropping the corner. I mean, Jamie Carragher um, was absolutely waxing lyrical on the highlights about that goal, but. Jesus, I mean, watching the highlights, I mean, what, a, I mean, to take nothing away from Danilo but what a mess Brentford made of it. I mean, they, they hoofed it right up in the air, didn't it? And then it was like bobbling about and the actual bit of quality, as you say, Christian got it on his thigh and, yeah, just pinged it beautifully into the corner. Um, I mean, after that goal, I mean, I said this to you, Christian, the ground, I mean, I thought we, we was looking full value for a good result. I thought we controlled the game and we started really, really well. The opening 15, 20 minutes. But we'll get into it. Uh, Ninety minutes on the clock. Um, we give away a free kick on the edge of our box. I mean, there's no dispute. It was a definite free kick and a card for Mangala. And very similar to last year. I mean, Ivan Tony picks a hole in our wall to curl it round to equalise. I mean, completely against the run of play, in my opinion. So, Lee, I'm going to let you dissect it. So there's a few, basically, questions in here. I mean, we'll start with the cheating element of Tony moving the ball and then we'll go from our perspective of the wall and the goalkeeper what's your thoughts on it all
5: it's a tricky one I think once again it's another it's another area where I mean I've had a look through this morning to try and find something in law that can pin us down uh, as to whether he's actually committed a crime now I think he has on the basis that that foam has been brought in for the referee to say to the player, right, that's where the free kick is being taken from. I think if that's at my level, I think I would probably look over to my lino and kind of say, right, you watch Paul. because I'm going to mark this wall out and he's probably going to try and move it a yard either way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they mic'd up in the Premier League. That's yeah. That to me is just basic stuff. Say to your lino, look, I've got a feeling he might try and move this. Just have a look while I mark the wall out. He's clearly moved it. He's not, he's not just kind of... Because sometimes if like you're on a pitch that's... Let's say it's been boggy or something, and there might be a little divot or something like that, you might try and shift it slightly, but he's purposely moved it with the intention of gaining an advantage. Does that fall under the category of cheating? Possibly so. I certainly get the argument. Um, but I mean, let's face it, this is this is the bloke who... I mean, Ivan Tony's come out afterwards. I don't want to rant on about this, but Ivan Toney's come out afterwards and basically said, I think you're allowed a yard either way. Yeah, I mean, if you take a yard in front and it goes into the penalty area, you just have a penalty, Ivan. I mean, come on. I think you get a yard either way. No, you don't. I mean, this is the bloke who sat on Stephen Bartlett's podcast and went, oh, you know, I had some bets and I was playing in the games and I weren't sure I was doing that much wrong. I mean, he's not the brightest button in the the bloody box, is he? I mean, come on. I mean, I think you get a yard either way. I mean, just saying that again, I think that's annoyed me more than it probably should have done. Um, Is it cheating? Like I say, he's gained an advantage, so probably. But ultimately, I think we've got to look at our part in it as well. I think the goalkeeper... The goal, all the goalkeepers got to look at is what where the ball is and where his wall is. Why has he not seen it and gone bombing over to the referee and gone, he's just moved that ball. My wall's set, he's moved the ball, move it back. The referee had gone, oh yeah, actually, it looks like that foam's moved there. Because there was two little archers by the end of it, wasn't there? So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it wasn't ideal. I don't like to see it. But could we have done a lot better with it? Absolutely. And this drafting excluder thing is just a complete load of we're not allowed to swear anymore, but you, you know what it's a complete load of. Um, if Danilo's not laying on the floor and he's stood next to Yates in the wall, they don't score anyway. Likewise, I think Michael Dawson mentioned on Sky, he's not sure what hudson is doing. hudson is probably doing as he's told from either Yates or the keeper, but just go and stand next to the wall. Surely everyone's got a, a brain cell to see that that's where he's moved the ball across, so that's where he's going to put it. I mean, yeah, it's really poor on our part, but yeah, I don't particularly like the fact that the, the, he's moved the, the fact
4: ball. That- the fact that Yates has turned around to Turner going, gone, is he not going to curl it round here? Yeah.
5: And there's,
4: there's a point where he's like shouting at Turner to say, is he not going to just curl it round us? I mean, and I it's, thought it, like Ryan Yates, who's like the the teacher's pet, would have even noticed the ball bloody moved as well. The,
5: I- the idea of building a wall as well is that, <laughs> you, obviously, you cover one side, the wall covers the other, but the goalkeeper still needs to be able to see the ball. I think he's built the wall then gone like, and stood behind the bloody thing. I think, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just another... Another attribute that Matt Turner is going to have to uh, take some criticism for, I'm afraid. I mean, this is something I said in our
3: chat. I thought, I thought for the majority of the game, Darren England would have actually refed it pretty well, and then it was towards yeah, the the back end of the game. it just let them waste loads of time.
2: One no, thing I did notice... um, it was after the third goal. Every mm. After that, but yeah. until, you said to be in the ground, didn't you? you were like, they mm. actually ref this pretty well. Mm. As soon as that, there was contention about that third goal, every mm. single thing went against us. Yeah, possibly could have gone against us. It was yeah, watching It kind of with the ref, he was just so
3: focused. Like, like they were wasting so much time from set pieces, and he was so focused on like fouls in the box that they were just taking that extra time to cross it. Um, and I was watching, I watched the free kick on the highlights and he's so focused on the box and the wall. And that's where, like you say, Lee, his lines, he should really be saying to his lines, because he might talk, will you watch the free kick take and see if he's any movement here? Because he's so focused on obviously marking out the wall with his magic spray. And obviously the shenanigans, what happened in the box when people are jostling. I'm going to play devil's advocate here on this one and say, if that's Morgan Gibbs-White doing
2: that, what Tony does, would you be saying on this podcast, that's clever? He'd be booked. He wouldn't even be (laughs) taken. He would have been retaken again. He would have been booked. Someone would have picked that up. I mean, this is what's so infuriating. It wouldn't have even been allowed to happen. They'd have looked at it and then gone, hang on, that's cheating. You can't do that. And then, like, imagine, like, you know, someone on a Sunday morning does that. He gets absolutely pelt, like, you know, it gets ran up across the pitch. But because it's Ivan Tony, it's okay. It's absolute nonsense. Do you think that's kind of.
3: Again, I'm playing devil advocate here. Is that the ref? I know it is the referee's responsibility ultimately, but is that also our responsibility as a team to say, ref, come on, look, he's moved the ball here? Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Yeah. 100%. It, it, it definitely is because I think if, like I say, I can only go on what happens at my level, but if someone says he's moved that, I would always say to him, <laughs> right, put that back. And then straight away they'll know they've done it and they'll do it. And they'll go. It's, oh, you're talking. You're talking a yard ref. Like, yeah, but it's a yard close to goal. So yeah. you know, do it. It's but, like it's yeah.
4: like when it's like when you you form a wall from a defensive perspective and you try and gain a few steps, don't you? You try and walk yeah. closer to the ball. That's why they the is because the
3: yeah. wall was walking forward. So, so it
4: works both ways. We're we're hmm. we're completely naive to it, and and so is the referee. It is clever by so. If if Morgan White does that and gets away with it, I go fair play. I do, but like it is, it's a shambles from Turner, it's a shambles from, from our players, and it's a shambles from the referees. Everyone's to blame in it. Um, so it is what it is a bit like it was such a it, if every man and his dog can see where Ivan Tony's going to put that ball, then <laughs> it, was
3: it was play, it was score, shocking. it was played score, I wonder where you just literally curl it around the wall. It, I mean, it was. Pretty, I mean, he made, made it look easy to, to fair to him.
0: Um I'm, I'm sorry, but from like a goalkeeping goal, point
3: of like, view,
4: where where the hell are you? Where where on earth else are you putting that ball? Uh, you may uh, have not he, even had a wall. You may as yeah, just it's let, turn out, let him have a shot at it.
2: Like me and me sitting in the grounds, he can't. There's no yeah. way he's getting that up and over from no. that angle. He either has to go low, no, which is why power, Danilo yeah. was, which is why Danilo was there on the floor yeah. to be fair to him, or he has mm. to go around the wall. There's nowhere else he can go. He can't literally pick it up and over because there was no pace in the ball. So. If you're a goalkeeper and you've gone, there's a gaping hole in my wall, literally the size of the Grand Canyon. That's all right, though. Like, I'm sorry, put his contract in the shredder. Just get him gone. I don't care if we get 10 points of deduction for breaking FFP or PNS. I do not care at this point. Just get him out the club. He's the worst goalkeeper we've had since Jordan Smith. I'd arguably say he's worse. He's literally the worst keeper I'd say we've ever had at first division Premier League level. He has to go. Has to go. There's Christians rant for the
3: death. I, mean, I mean, I
5: mean, to be fair, just <laughs> touching on that ever so slightly, that's not a ridiculous statement because if you think we've not been in the prem for twenty three years, no. before we got, got relegated, to compare the ran, levels, aren't you? Yeah, before we got relegated all them years ago, we had really good goalkeepers, Crossley, yeah, those cross sort league, of yeah. players. I mean, we had Pascolo over a little bit didn't we, but that's a different. I matter. think he were champions. And last year, Pascolo. last year, obviously we had Enderson, who's an England goalkeeper, and Navas, who's won Champions League after Champions League. So that mm. that's not a completely ridiculous statement before people start. I don't think. Yeah,
3: I mean, going. Going back to like the wall and that, I mean, at this level, you, no one's asking our players to surround the referee like you know Roy Keane and Manchester United used to in United. You just got to be a bit streetwise to the situation because it. And, he, and we were all laughing, and joke about the Mark Warburton fine margins, but it is so margins are so fine at this level that you know that margin. I mean, it got them back in the game, uh, and I'll move on now. I mean, I mean that because that gave Brentford the kick up the backside they needed. And to be honest, we did weather a little bit of a storm then, I thought, for maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes until half time. I mean, they the underside of the bar through um, Keen Lewis Potter. Um, but we went in at half time with the scores at 1 1, and it was kind of a, oh, well, we'll go again second half. So, unfortunately, the second half came to life after 58 minutes, though, Adam, as um, a routine corner for Brentford it was met by Ben Mead to put the home side ahead. I mean, took us through that one.
4: Yeah, we know Brentford are good at set pieces. They were trying a few different routines, weren't they? And I mean, we've had this set piece coaching, and I've never liked zonal marking. Um, I think Ben, me, people who are who are marking zonally against people who are marking man for man are always going to be at a disadvantage because you've always got a player running now. Ben Mee loses Montiel in, within the crowd, which it's, it's it's good play. It's like good screening, as you would call it in basketball or whatever. It's 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 clever, clever good movement because you're using the crowd to get away from him. Murillo's got absolutely no hope in hell of beating Ben Mee to the ball. who's had a five-yard head start run and jump. Murillo can't even get off the ground before Ben Mee's of the ball in. Yeah, right it makes Murillo look, look absolutely awful. I mean, there's been questions about his defensive capabilities in the last few weeks because we are conceding a goal a lot of goals at a great rate of knots and, and people say well it's defenders and it's goalkeepers like it, for me it's a team effort at the end of the day like you, you, you start defending from the front but yeah it's it's it's, it's a well-routined it's a good cross it's a good header, but like we can we can do more to stop it. For me, I'd get rid of Zonal Mark, and I I absolutely hate it, despise it, I never thought it was a good idea. I just think like it's a losing battle majority of the time. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but that's just what I think. And what? it was a sucker punch really because I still thought we was we were dominating again in that second half. I thought we had we was on the front foot quite a lot of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, as soon as he made the run and he met it um, at the ground, I was like goal. You know, and it just, you know, there's no chance for Turner, was there? I mean, like you say, Montiel loses in Dunty, and then he, he gets in front of Murillo with a run and a jump. And he, he's always going to be, he's always going to win that header. It's just so sloppy, Once wanted it? it? was another mistake from us what allowed a team to firstly get back into the game and then get ahead. Um, but, you know, that lapse in defensive concentration that was cancelled out only seven minutes later as Chris Wood drew his level, Christian. Um that's eight goals now for the season in the Premier League. I think he's in the top ten now. I was having a look last night, nine in all competitions. Um we wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, but so take it away um on the fourth goal
2: of the evening. Go on, Woody boy. I mean, um <laughs> it's I think it's very difficult for us to cross. I mean, Brentford's we have to give him credit as pain it pains me. Um and pains to give Thomas Frank any form of credential. But um, they obviously, we know Brentford's have three very tall centre-backs. It's pointless just swinging balls into the box when you've got one striker. Because more often than not, three times to one, they're going to win the ball. So you have to be very, very clever about how you do it. And the delivery of the ball has to be so good when you choose to do it. And that's something we struggled with, especially with Tavares, who... Oh, Jesus. I mean, we'll come on to that in due course, I'm sure. But mm, uh, although Hudson-Odoi's had, had quite a bit of flack from quite a few fans, somewhat a bit harshly, in my opinion. I don't think he's been too bad. I think people just have very high expectations for him because of what's mm. come before. You know, obviously, this seven I think that's pounds. the same with a lot of players, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you, you file Sangari probably into that category. Absolutely, yeah. It's I center. mean, I've, Ultimately, I think we have to realize there's a reason we signed for three million pounds mm-hmm. and you know that this we have to be very patient with him. But what I will say is that ball into the box for Chris Wood is absolutely perfect. He can he could not do it any better. It's it's you can't defend it. It's just so good. all Wood has to do, doesn't have to get any power on it, always to just glance at it. Just mm-hmm. set so just all the pace on the ball, a job's already been done for him. It's a striker's dream, that ball. And you know, I think Hudson odoi deserves a lot of credit for that. And yeah, Wood just as an experienced striker you would expect him to do, just steers it into the corner. The keeper has absolutely no chance. I mean, I actually feel a bit of a fleckened because I think they had, what, I think we had three shots on target, I think, yesterday. I think something like that. And two of other goals. He's like very much like, but there's, he couldn't do anything about either of them. But obviously that's our fan base. We're saying get a new goalkeeper because apparently if every shot has to be saved, which is, yeah. But um, no, excellent header from Woods. Um, just steers it so well into the bottom corner and um but yeah all, all the credit has to go to doi because everything in that cross every if that cross isn't hit as well as that he doesn't score it simple mm. as that so it's probably
3: one of yeah. them crosses where if wood didn't get anything on it it's probably still would have gone in all the way in wouldn't it? yeah if he would have just missed his head I think the keeper wanted like you say Chrissy it was just a glance it wasn't any mm. extra power on it it was just yeah basically getting it at a poacher's goal uh, the only and I get what you're saying about crossing it into the box, but when you see that and how easy it was, it, it just didn't do that enough for me. Um, and we we were, like, that's that's mm. a side issue
2: because the thing that got me was if you if you see it back, I mean, we saw it the last 10 minutes when the, before they started wasting yeah. time very effectively as well. Mm. I mean, as like, and we were saying in the ground, like, why hasn't Sofalo come on because mm. Tavares isn't overlapping, yeah, if, you, it just you, you, a, tr- if it's a straight chat, back man. line they're literally all directly in a line like a ruler almost that right, um, back five was. you have to try and get it behind it at that point and we weren't like it, all you have to do is just you stretch put one ball in down the sides, get to virus on the overlap you stretch the whole thing it all comes apart then and you get a ball but you got get cut back and you're in. We weren't doing that at all. We were we, like for some reason Tavares virus was just constantly hovering behind Hudson Doy and Dominguez and you can see them clearly looking at the space and there's no one there. And it's just, just, you know, if, if you're going to cross the ball, you have to do it effectively and ruthlessly. I don't agree with just, like, banging it into the box for the sake of no. doing so. Like, West Ham were on the there's mo- Sorry, United were on the Moist, when they're mm. crossing the ball, like, 40 times a game and, like, one of them might be lead to a shot on target that it wasn't even a goal. <laughs> like, yeah, <belledy> up
3: there. <laughs> yeah, basically.
2: Um, but, you know, we weren't helping ourselves in that regard. Tavares looked cooked and yet he was mm. still on the pitch. I mean, obviously... We're not at a stage where we're pointing fingers at anyone, but I do think Nuno got his sub strong yesterday. I think Toffolo should have come on after about 65, 70 minutes. I think social should Aguilera. Aguilera. coming on with five minutes ago go was pointless. Even if we had 10 minutes at a time, it was completely pointless. Like, it didn't didn't change anything at that moment in time. We needed that sub 10 minutes earlier at least.
3: Mm. You know, after, after that 2-2, two, two, that was when the Mangala shot went just wide, didn't it? And hit, um, hit Flecken's water bottle. I mean, Emma let out a, a scream I've not heard from her a football game, a yes, and I thought it was going to go in the corner, but unfortunately, it didn't. So, a lot happened in that three minutes when um, Brentford retook the Leedley. um uh, I mean, for me, I have to say what a finish from Malpah. I mean, the touch and the swivel is brilliant but we're going to look at it from our perspective you know there was shots for a handball. I think most of the crowd um in the away unfortunately, thought it was a handball. it wasn't on the replay It clearly hit his chest so I mean talk us through that one mate what, what do you think
5: I, I honestly think it's just one of them goals where you come across in the Premier League sometimes where an opposition scores a goal and you just have to hold your hands up and say it was a good finish you can look at the ball I think it was Tony who put the ball in wasn't it um I think, no, I think it was Rosslaff. Was it? Was it? So. Um, whoever okay. it was. I mean, you could say we could close that quicker, but ultimately, I suppose.
3: Yeah, it was Rosslaff.
5: It's just, it's. I don't know. It's. It, I. I don't know. I'm a bit. On, you know my opinion. I think we go very ott on certain aspects of things without kind of looking at the bigger picture. And I just think that was a good goal. I mean, even even if you say we could have defended the first ball um, a little bit better, it's just one of them things where. It, we didn't defend it badly in the box I don't think it was just such a good takedown and turn and finish that it's just one of those things um, if you lose a game 1-0 and it's to a goal like that you kind of say well we did everything we could but yeah I mean I I can't I can't even I'm not going to start pointing fingers at that I think it was just a great goal never been amble I must admit in real time, I thought it might have been yeah, when they showed the same. when they showed one replay. I thought it mm. still might have been, and then mm. by the time they showed the the three or four different angles, it it rolled up his like torso. Mm. So, yeah, and like I say, I don't that might seem like a bit of a cop out analysis of it. I just I just think it's a good goal. It, it, that's what you get sometimes in the Premier League. It's just one of those things. Can I, dis-
4: can I Can I disagree with something to a certain extent? Because I thought, whilst I think it's an absolute great finish, Amabamadile does not need to go to the ball in the first instance. Marillo is already there; he's missed it. And but because he's gone and committed, Morpay is only gonna can only do one thing, which is swivel that way and hit it on his left foot. If Amabamadile just stands there, he, gets, he just blocks it. For me, I think he makes a slight mistake in terms of going for that ball. He gets draw, drawn into the action when he doesn't need to because Marillo's already there it it made no sense to me and that's the only criticism I I have of, of that of that goal I do think it can get prevented into a certain extent, but I take nothing away from the finish. It's right in the corner. It's like literally yeah. side netting. So, fair play to some it is a good finish.
3: Yeah, from the awareness, it looked like he'd played a computer game. I absolutely nailed it into the corner. I think the annoying thing was for me, was that this is Neil Malpire who couldn't hit a barn door at Everton and then he's done that against us. I mean, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it, really? Um <laughs> But, um yeah, it's one of them things, unfortunately. I mean... Uh, did the has any of the, any of you seen the Mangala shot? What went just wide?
4: Uh, there, there was the two, hard. wasn't there? So there's one where where
3: he one, there's one, there's one he the, swiveled and like back heeled it. I mean, I'm not sure what he uh, we was doing there to be there's honest. There's one where I think
4: Danilo plays the ball into the box or someone like, or, or Hudson actually Hudson Adoy and Chris Wood with a, the deftness of back yeah, is fantastic. And then and I think he just he hits it the outside of the mm. boot and he gets mm. it's like too much spin. And then the other one he he. He should get on target, really. I thought he hit the base of the post. But yeah, there was it, a few people... about
3: a yard wide. The really, one from the edge of the box, I've seen a few people saying he should have scored. Um, I thought, he,
4: could, I thought I, he should have, yeah. Mm, or hit the target.
3: That, that's fine margins, isn't it? In and now we minutes. might be bloody losing him. But we'll get no, on we'll, that a bit later, I guess. We'll talk about that. Um, I mean, that was that for the scoring. Despite, you know, over half an hour more play, there was 10 minutes at a time. Um but, um, yeah, it finished 3-2 to Brentford, unfortunately. Um, a little stat, what um, Analytics Forest put on um, Twitter was that we've now had eight 3-2 games in the Premier League. And we have, he put seven, but it is actually six, because we went behind against Liverpool and West Ham. We've lost seven of them. So, six we've gone ahead, and are at, at the eight in total we've lost seven. So, yeah, um, not very good reading. Um, I mean, the Emma also said that match of the day said that Ivan Tony scored every game he's played. The past does, apparently. So, um, yeah, another stat for you. Um, I mean, the, the 10 minutes of injury time, I mean, it really did pass us by without us offering absolutely anything at all, I mean, which was really frustrating. I, I will give credit to Brentford. I mean, they waste, waste it impeccably. It, it reminded me of when we played Derby in the Championship, and I think about eight minutes come up at then, when Ravel Morrison got sent off, and we literally just wasted it to a tee, and all their fans were scoffing about it, which, you know, when the boot's on the other foot, is annoying. <laughs> um, I mean, the result leaves us in 16th place, um, four points above the drop zone, with 20 points, having played 21 games. Luton, um occupy the last place in the relegation zone, but they do have a game in hand on us, which is the Bournemouth game, I believe, which got sadly abandoned. Um A quick one for you guys. So this is for earlier before we move on to some player performances. I mean, what do we think of the short and socks combo last night? We're liking that.
4: <laughs> um I thought it was bloody awful, if I'm <laughs> honest. I like the shirt. I didn't like the socks. But then I thought also, it, it, there was a point where I think I remember Medela, like, now was Ivan Tony and Lewis Potter got into the ball. I actually thought it was Montiel at one point. I was like, because the, the colour clash for me, it was a bit, yeah, it was, I think it was because of the stripes more more mm. so. But, yeah, I didn't, didn't quite like the shorts and socks. Some people might disagree with that.
5: Lee? Um, I had the old uh, black and gold situation. I wasn't sure whether they were orange or pink. Um, mm, the lack of like just, a salmon slash yeah, coral would be. I didn't I didn't hate it, I've got to be honest. Mm. Um I think when you have a third strip, the more rascal it is the better, to be <laughs> honest. So I, I quite enjoyed it. I yeah. quite liked it.
2: Bring back the hives. What about you, Christian? <laughs> it was it was certainly very bold, was not it? Mm. I mean um those it was a socks like anything else, just like beamed out like like <laughs> Batman beaten almost. I like, couldn't couldn't miss them. But yeah, it was certainly interesting. Right,
3: so um, I'll I'll I've got a bit of a script Adam, so I'll, I'll carry on. I'm not going to change it and muddle it up. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll go on to some player performances. Um, so just one player for you each this week. Um, and I'll start with you, Adam, and I'm going to give you Andrew Omabadadeli. So he made his Forest debut in the Premier League after making his full debut in the week in the FA Cup, and he also bagged his first goal in the week against Blackpool. I mean, what did you make of his performance yesterday? I th- I
4: think you can tell he's still young, like twenty one years old. I think I do think he played for Norwich, didn't he, when they got relegated in in the Premier League. So it's not his first taste of of top flight football. He's waited really, really patiently, and him getting the nod over Worrell kind of tells you it all out, doesn't it? It's like written all over the wall that I think Joe Worrell could be potentially done. I do like him as a as a player because he he does look to play through the thirds. He doesn't look like just a just lump it and 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 whatnot. Um, but still, a young player. I mean, two twenty-one-year-old centre halves is some going in the Premier League, isn't it? And I think we, I think we only had one player over thirty yesterday, which was Chris Wood. Everyone else is is, is younger than thirty. So it it does say, it does say a lot that our squad is extremely inexperienced um, and and within the Premier League. I know we've got experienced players in like monteo and, and people like that, but um, yeah, there's a lot I'm of really growing. Well, like... Yeah, well, willy-body. There's a lot of grabbing to do, for sure, but it's promising. If we can, depending, obviously, on the point actually if we can stay up and we can kind of build this squad with with these types of players sprinkled with a bit of experience, then it's it's only going to bode well for the future because you can kind of hopefully keep that squad together for a few years before it gets maybe picked off one by one, in a sense. But then, hopefully, the recruitment is far better than it has been, where you can just replace those players with another young young player similar to, I know we mention him a lot. But it's boring, but Brighton and even Brentford to an extent, they 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 replace players they lose really well as well. Like, with seaman seaman seamlessly, should I say? I can't get any words out. But yeah, I thought I thought is good. I think you have to give him a bit more time in the Premier League. It'll be interesting to see how he does if he starts against Arsenal because obviously. Thankfully, they got out, they got their bad form out of the way yesterday by absolutely <laughs> destroying Crystal Palace. Yeah. Thankfully, what? rather
3: than it being us, yeah. Well, we had it on on talks on the way down that game. They said kind of Arsenal didn't really have to get out of first gear and still won 5 0. You know, so that kind of sums up Crystal Palace yeah, at the minute,
4: yeah. A lot more to come from from Andy O, as, as many might call him, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'd be interesting to see what his development's like.
3: Well, I mean, if we, you know, if we do stay on at this level, this that's what it's all about. And it? it's about growing the teams, um, growing the teams, should I say, every season on season. Do you want to come in, Christian?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to say about um, Andy, uh, I thought his recovery runs yesterday were really good. And um, you could tell the difference it had having someone with pace in the back line or two centre-backs with pace in the back line. It makes a huge difference because obviously it, 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 we were allowed to be like, a little bit more bolder um, obviously in the first 15 minutes and so for example because if they were trying to put it back into Tony then he could just very quickly get in and intercept mm-hmm. it. I actually felt that him and um, Murillo dealt with um, Tony pretty well uh, all things considered. I felt that aside from that free kick it was actually pretty quiet in front of the goal so they did their job from that front Yeah I
3: mean a defender with pace the, the the example I always go to is literally you know when I went to watch england Germany in the Euros Kyle Walker, have they clipped Jimmy clipped it kept clipping it over the top, and he just ran back and vernon havers were looking at each other like how the hell do we get him behind this back line with him running back um so yeah yeah the fact obviously you, you had pace at this level at the back is all ideal and um so christian for you i'm going to give you the man you want in matt turner but i also am going to give you another forgotten man before this week and that is nuno Tavares. so I mean, what what have you made of him? So he's, he's played two and a half, kind of two and a half games now, Antony. So we'll go on yesterday with it being the Premier League. I mean, what did you make of him yesterday?
2: I understand that he's obviously he's been at the team for a while, um, but from what I've seen so far, I wouldn't be terribly upset if he ended up going back to Marseille this window. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think that um, he reminds me a little bit of when this would be a very weird comparison, but stay with me. So do you remember when we signed Paul Konchesky? Uh, in the okay. 2010 11 season. Yes. And I'd yeah. say that 70% of what Concheschi did was really good, but the other 30% was really, really bad. And you could tell it was like a massive sort of like balancing act. He was trying to do it the whole time. Like I remember at Norwich, he got recklessly sent off and just left us short for three <laughs> games. Like, um, But then he'd do something incredible in the other week. And it feels like the Tavares used two bits of absolutely incredible skill to get around two players, including a free <laughs> turn at one point. Roulette wheel, yeah. Yeah. And then. You know, he obviously laid it off nice in that front, but his delivery was so haphazard, so hit and miss. Like, I felt that he was done by about, like I said, 60, 70 minutes. He should have come off for Toffalo, of really, because, like, with us chasing the game as well, you need to try and stretch that back line and just give Costa Doyle an overlap, give him an option. And um, we didn't do it. Like, and so he, he just looked cooked. He wasn't able to do it. I, I don't think he had, physically was able to literally run around the outside and get back in time. So, you know, I thought that um, you look at the third goal, he's nowhere to be seen. I mean, that is his side ultimately, and he's literally nowhere to be seen. Like, it's basically a free cross. And you know what you say, like, you stop the cross, stop the goal, or at least try and put some pressure on it. And he's like, you can literally just look up and go, all right, more pace there, I'll put it there. There's no pressure on him because he's got no one around him. So I don't, I wouldn't be upset if Tavares went. I don't think he's a long term answer. I, yeah, I, I'm just not sure he works in the back four. I mm-hmm. think he might be better suited playing further up the pitch. I don't mm-hmm. see him I, I know well, I found it a bit weird that we pushed Williams in a wing, but wouldn't push Navarro's in a wing, for example, Toffo behind him. Mm-hmm. It was a very odd decisions in that front. Um but yeah, I'd say five out of ten, if that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly impressed. Yeah, I
3: think that's the with a with a wing back. the the issue is if they are in a back four, then they're going to get exposed because of bombing forward. Montiel's the same. Into he? he's, a, he's a wing back, um, and that is the issue. I mean, he kind of reminded me on the ball of what Tyro and what Michel Antonio was really unorthodox. But he's just got when he does come off for him, he's just got that explosive pace, and he he has you can see he's got that bit of ability. But it's doing it more times often than not. Um, so, can, I, can I just jump
2: in on yeah, that? As course, well? Yeah, of I,
5: course. Yeah. I, always, I always think with a loan player, if you're, signing, if you're using the loan market, it should be to at least have a player who's as good or better than the player who currently plays in their position. And I think the thing for me, having had a few games to judge him now, I just don't think Tavares is any better than Toffolo. I just don't... If anything, he's probably a little bit worse. Like like Christian said, I think when, when Toffolo does bad things, they're kind of bad because of his capabilities. Whereas... When Tavares does bad things, they're absolute. There was one situation yesterday where he did this really good work. So, like Christian says, the good stuff's good, and then there was no one near him, and the ball just ended up out for a throw-in, and it was it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was like his boots were on the wrong feet at, at that mm. moment. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It, but he then he had the he sh- had the shot, actually. didn't he? He had the right-footed mm. shot that stung the keeper's palms, and it's like, oh, hell, where did that come from? But yeah, I, I'd agree. I think his good stuff is okay, and his his bad stuff is really horrific.
2: Like, when you consider as well that we've effectively tried to replace and Lodi with Tavares, yeah. the, 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 the contrast is so stark. Like, okay, Lottie, I, I actually think Lodi's personally wasting his career going to Saudi Arabia, but fine, whatever. If he wants to get the money, that's on you. You do that, whatever. But the, the step down in quality is just huge. If you look from left back. I mean, I think Aina's been solid. He's been pretty good. Is he as good as Lodi? No. Um, is Tavares as good? Nowhere near. Um Toffolo's at least been consistently decent because he's steady. So I think really, if you're looking at our left-back situation, it's got to be tough, surely. Which is mm. something that I never thought I'd be saying like last year. Well, with respect,
3: Marseille picked Bre- um, Brennan. Brennan laded over um, Tavares, didn't he, to sign in the summer. So they obviously clearly thought he was an upgrade. I mean, they'll all be back from Saturday in the next year or so once they realise no one gives a toss about that league when you actually get out there Uh yeah, I'm speaking to you, Jordan Anderson. <laughs> um, so, I mean, finally for you, Lee. Um, I think Adam touched on on it earlier. So, there's been a lot of talk on social media about this guy and his ability to defend, and that is Marillo. Um, a few seem to think he'd be better playing elsewhere. I mean, there's been some bold charts. I'd say that, um, and that, and some also think that mistakes by him are going under the radar. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that and him as a player?
5: um the notion of him playing elsewhere is just completely ridiculous i agree with you i've seen some ridiculous takes um i think we're at the point where someone's probably gonna ask for him to play in goal at some point soon <laughs> i've um, seen a player
3: as a cdm when we've signed a 30 million pound number yeah, six I mean, and it's, also it's as a ridiculous. as a wing back and was one i saw and i was like no but yeah
5: no it's ridiculous for me i think um i, I I've been of the opinion on this podcast a lot that now we're a Premier League club, square pegs in round holes, has to cease. Um, You buy players, you have a squad, especially when you've got as many bloody players as we've got. And then people want Murillo to go and play as a CDM. I mean, no, just no. Um, Park that notion and move on. Um, His performances he's a 21 year old i think he's still 21 isn't he i'm not gonna, he's not aged in the last so. month or whatever um yeah he's a 21 year old and like we like we've said with a langer all season on this podcast 21 year olds playing in this league are going to either sink or swim and i think in large Murillo has swam uh, with a plum because i think the impact he's had has been brilliant i think if he'd if he'd been brought in as a 28 29 year old and he was making the errors that he's making then you kind of look at it and say he's got why Why did we sign him he's making too many but i think ultimately his mistakes tend to come when he's not next to someone like Neakate. um and i just think he, he, he needs that kind of experienced head next to him guiding him through um but again it's it's the old situation with our supporters one one mistake gets oh he's not good enough that doesn't work with 21 year olds 21 year olds will make mistakes especially in this league and yeah he has made a few his marking leaves a lot to be desired sometimes um I mean, I think Montiel actually lost me, didn't he, yesterday, to be fair, yeah, in yeah, the first yeah. instance. So, I think it's one of them where, if you've ever been in that situation, by the time Me's headed the ball, Murillo doesn't really know he's there. But because he's the man who's actually jumped with him, he kind of gets a lot of the flack for it. When in hindsight, if Montiel follows his runner, he probably doesn't have that situation. It's, it's not even a discussion. So, yeah, I like him. I think he's good. I think with any player that age, even Hudson-Odoi's in that category, keep picking him, let him play. And I'm sure he'll become a, an ex- exceptionally good footballer who will play for a much bigger club than Forest in this uh, country, I think. I guess the
3: only caveat um, to the um, the goal is, what, like what Adam said, if it is a zonal marking system we're playing, yeah. then Murillo's kind of got to be more alive to that run. If he's come into his zone, he was a bit... I'm Not going to blame him at all because I, I also prefer man to man. I think Montel's just got to go with me. Well, I mean, why Montel's marking me in the first place, I'm not too yeah. sure because Montel's not very tall and Ben and Me's a, you know, a guy who's made a career living at Burnley. So I don't
4: know yeah. if you caught it, I don't know if you caught it, Reese, because um, you might have been at the other end of the ground. But when I yeah. come on, he marked Nathan Collins from one yeah. corner, and I thought yeah. that was comical. Can I give you yeah. a player? Can I give you Danilo? What, me? Yeah.
3: Oh. Um, I want to give you Danilo. Go on. Um, Giving me Danilo. The, the goal was technically world-class. I said that about Gibbs-White's goal, didn't it? I mean, to drop it on your fine and hit it on the volley right into the corner was, yeah. If, if that were Kevin De Bruyne, you know, it would be all over the media, What a goal that is. But... Again, it, with Danilo, I think it's just kind of finding maybe his, his best position where it will, we kind of get the best out of him. He's kind of chopped and changed, Anti really, in his forest career throughout all of the midfield, really. Um, and I always say this about every other player. You've got to kind of give players runs of games to kind of get going. Um, I think something what he does need to probably stamp out a little bit is he does give a lot away a lot of cheap fouls. You know, he gave loads away in the Blackpool game. He gave a few away yesterday. I, I think Ryan Yates might have been teaching him bad habits there. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see with Danilo. I mean, he's obviously a talented player, as is you know, like we've been speaking with, as is Murillo. So, when a, when you've got a lot of young players, they're going to have dips and bad form, and they're going to have purple patches. But hopefully, now for Danilo, it's what is it? Obviously, scored in his last two
0: games. Hopefully, he can um, bang it, start banging a few goals for us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage over McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery Free In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
5: I've got, I've got a bit of a question on Danilo. If it's okay for all three of you, do you think Danilo is this season's Mangala in the sense that we don't really know what he is yet?
3: Um, in
5: our, it's certainly in our team. Certainly, where he fits into our team.
3: I, I think something you could probably say about Danilo is you wouldn't say like if you was picking a Forest team, which nailed on position you'd have him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like most of us, like I for example, with Sangari, if he comes back, yeah, he's he's unless you're Steve Cooper, he's number six. Um, you know, Yates is going to be at the side, to him because he does the hassling, etc. So I'm I'm not too sure. Let Adam and Christian have a say what they think.
4: For me, I think I one one Reese is saying that. There, I think I think you probably are right in terms of you don't know really know what he is. I do think he's not. I don't think he is that centre defensive midfielder that he was. At that's how we us, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he is that. I think he is more... No, I agree more, with that. I think he's... More, because of his athleticism, I think he's more of an eight in, in that sense of he can get up and down, he can hassle, he can win the ball back high up the pitch and, and he can obviously score goals when, when you get given the opportunity. That goal against Blackpool has clearly gave him so much confidence because yeah. To the goal underneath the defence, that It's him so much more. I'm sorry, I've, I've dropped out. Yeah. So yeah, there,
3: mate. Yeah. So I
4: think, I, I, think the, I think him scoring that goal uh, gave him so has given him so much confidence. Yesterday, he 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 largely bossed midfield with with Mangala in that sense. I thought he was excellent. So. I think this is the position for him and I think Nuno is finding that out with him. He can either play in that 10 or he will be that number eight alongside Sangare maybe or Dominguez. It's a good one. To, it's a good option to have. It's a good headache to have. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that really.
3: What do you think, Christian, before we move on? I,
2: I kind of see what Lee's saying, to be fair. I mean, in pre-season, I, I went to the Frankfurt game. He was playing on the left wing that day. Mm. Started the season that wide as well at times. Mm. He's played as number 10 yesterday. He's played as a, as a number eight on the Cooper. He plays the defensive midfielder. It does seem as if no one's fully sure where to put him. But um, yeah. I do think that, personally, I think the midfield I would go for, let's assume Mangala is going to be sold, mm. would be, it would be probably, you lean towards either, it will be Sangare and Danilo or Dominguez, I'd say. That's your midfield too, In, for me personally, anyway. And I think um, Danilo's ball playing. I mean, like yesterday, for example, he was—he did everything you'd want a defensive midfield to do. He was getting stuck in. He was keeping the ball. He was retaining the possession really well. He was actually advancing play. He was getting forwards. I think he just needs, like Adam alluded to earlier, if he's giving a play, you have say Sangare alongside him to give him the license to sort of push up if he needs to, almost make it like a sort of um, from a four-two-three-one to like a four-one-four-one almost, with Danilo sort of being a bit more active I think that could work really well for us so um yeah it's it's been a bit difficult to see where exactly his place is but I don't I'm not overly mad if he plays defensive midfield with someone else I think he's proven especially in the last couple of games that he can do it pretty effectively I mean United just, and Black Brentford he was
3: really good so to, just to round off that I mean I've kind of put Danilo and Murillo in the same bracket of that obviously they both come from Brazil but both very young so it's a, it's a complete change of culture Um. But, you know, when Danilo and Murillo have had a run of probably, let's say, half a dozen good games this season, last season, you know, it's all people on social media, oh, they're going to sign for Real Madrid and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And, you know, you've got to realise they're still very young lads. I mean, Murillo's not even played 50 senior games yet. You know, that's with Forest and Corinthians. So I think people at times need to... Like less than expecta- ease expectations is a better term for it because they are still young lads um, and they're gonna have times when, you know, they are you know do have a this bit is, of this run is, form.
5: This is the mental thing with our fan base, like you've just said, one one run of six games and they're amazing, gonna play for Real Madrid. One or two bad games and it's mm. oh, they're not good enough, sack the recruitment <laughs> team. Why are we signed him? It's it, it's absolutely mental support in Forrest at times, honestly. Well.
3: Well, like I always say, I mean, social media is not the best barometer, is it, to judge things? Um, I think if you talk to any sensible people, they would probably say what we've just done then. Um, right, we're going to move on to the slept on it thoughts. Um, I'm going to, as, as the volume been turned down on it, are am going to have to Chris, give people Chris, a warning.
4: Christian <laughs> will be delighted to know I have altered the, the, the audio, so right. I'll play the
3: jingle. Yeah, play the jingle, mate.
1: Red side of the Trent. Slept on it thoughts.
3: Right then, we'll crack on with these. So, Alex Oates, who we had on the um, podcast the other day, he put good game, edged out by the better team on the night. Danilo was much better for the entire 90. Murillo, eerily suspect, as we covered it early in the week. I'll keep saying it until we sign one. New new goalkeeper needed because setting up a wall is a basic fundamental. Um, Forest All Over podcast. Yes, Forest podcasts do get along nowadays. Get, get over it. Uh, negatives, set piece defending abysmal, concede free to a poor Brentford side in awful form. Positives, what a handful. I'm a deli, promising, missing a lot of players. I still gave a decent performance away from home. Um, San NFFC, how many games have we lost free to this season? It's expletive, pathetic. I don't care if it, if, it gets us another point deduction. We need to sign a new keeper. Can't wait to hear Sky rim in Ivan Tony for the next week. Um, Owen Lewis just put a simple keeper and a winger needed ASAP. Yummy Bear, a Christian. Bingo one. Charity FC returns. We need to stop gifting goals to size time and time again. We do it. Fifth 3-2 loss this season. We And we've had a lead in all of them. I mean, that's not um, a good reading at all. This one has annoyed me more than all the other defeats this season I mean we did actually go behind at West Ham so that second comment isn't actually true so, but four out of five so I get yeah uh, Carl Booth I thought we'd signed a set piece coach need a keeper and another winger full side available to us and we win that game Brentford are crap but if you can't defend <laughs> set pieces you're going to find it hard Marillo, Williams Callum Hudson Adoy I thought were great in my opinion Tom Oxford struggled to find that cutting edge with so many players missing um, could have gone either way positives Danilo and we've now scored two or more goals in every game under Nuno. Away fans outstanding, out of the home fans all game. Just another Fulham, aren't they, Brentford? Um, Caponocity and function, an infuriating, laugh gifted XGFC, a much-needed win. It's always one step up and two steps back with Forrest. The cupboard is bare despite 42 signings. Recruitment's been more scattered than an explosion of diarrhoea. How can Tavares and Turner start over better options? Cluffy the cap. Um, we played well enough to deserve a point. If only Mangala's effort had gone in before their third. Yeah, we touched on that. Uh, Tony doesn't score if hudson adoy stands in the wall. Steve Cargo put best way to improve the Sky commentary. Is put it on mute. Um, Grant <laughs> played pretty well, but the naiveness at the back cost us. That free kick, I've had no idea what was going on with the wall. And Tony moving it was just a cherry on the top. Missing so many key players, and we'd have walked that on another day. Still confident Nuna could steer us safe. Martin Fretel gave that away. Very, very naive, so frustrating. Uh, Nigel Plus, son of God, considering how depleted our squad is, we gave a good account of ourselves. Tony cheated in the build up to take the free kick, plain and simple, but no doubt the media analysis will completely ignore that onwards. Joel put, put someone on at the near post, fair point. Pat Lally, I've slept, they cheated the end. <laughs> and then my friend Liam. Um, Grow Up Dan, who's quite popular on Twitter. He'll, he'll enjoy that. Um, How can you have slept on it thoughts before you've slept? which <laughs> got a reply of thank you from Martin. I've told them before it comes across as completely ridiculous. Um, So I replied with, well, it is a kind of a play on words. It isn't that deep. Um, folk could always sleep on it um, and reply this morning, but we wouldn't get that emotional reaction, which is, Kind of this podcast is tarnished with nowadays, isn't it? So, um, and finally, I'll, I'll also give a couple more. Um, Mark, VAR pull him up, as Nuno pointed out, for the tampering. Goal gets can start, different game. I knew, just knew those expletives will get away with something tonight. I hate this bloody league. Um, and finally, just a little plug for um, one of, is it one of your friends, Lee?
5: Yeah, it's, uh, it's Jan Stabic, the guy who I, uh, who introduced himself to me at the Aston Villa game.
3: So basically, they, the, um, Jan has set up um, a group for the, um, the Bristol area, so Bristol, Bath, Gloucester largely, basically on that M5 stretch down. Um, they've got 30 members so far. Uh, they've had the first meet-up um, last night and the meeting up ahead of the Bristol City game. So that's perfect for them, isn't it? A new group, and they drew Bristol City in the in the If I think there's been a back gone on there. it's um, put all oh, welcome, very friendly bunch. So if you do live in that area, the Bristol area, um, they're at Avon on Twitter. So join them um, for that little group. Right, take a breath now. Um, I mean, so me, me and Adam had a chat about this. Um, this is to you, Christian and Lee, so I'm going to leave you out on this one Adam I'm afraid Um, and I'll bring up the elephant in the room um, as you guys wasn't on a preview pod, as I've said but Forest were charged on money for breaching FFP rules and referred to an independent panel in which we now face a nervous wait to know what our punishment will be I was reading up on this last night so by April 12th apparently we will have decision in the case then the clubs will have seven days to decide whether they want to appeal or not the appeal process then does go past the end of season date. So, in theory, we could have a deduction, which could contribute to us being relegated. But on winning an appeal, we could stay up after the season is finished. Um, I mean, that's ridiculous, in my opinion. So, I'll start with Lee. And then, if you want to follow in, Christian, I mean, what's your guys' thoughts on it all?
5: Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Ridiculous. Um, But, given the Premier League and how it's structured and the people that work within it, I can't say I'm not say i am overly surprised, to be totally honest. Um, it's just a complete mess. I get that um, by no means am I bloody Kieran Maguire and I'm an expert in all this sort of stuff, but how can you have a, a situation where it takes till April to hear our case and then teams are allowed to appeal, which why not just sort the case out in the first instance? I get that there'll be an appeal process, but what good will that be? You might get a couple of points trimmed off, I suppose. You might also, you've also got to pay loads more fees to appeal, I suppose. So that's costing you even more money, which kind of defeats the object. Um, And then, like you say, you have a situation where we could stay up and then go down or vice versa. It's just, it's completely and utterly ridiculous. And then, furthermore, you've got a club like Manchester City, who Richard Masters can sit in front of people and turn around and say, Oh, we have set a date, but we can't say when it is. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Because he doesn't know. Because he doesn't know, basically. I'll say I've set a date when I haven't. Um, but because they've got 115 charges, we appreciate that we might have to do something unprecedented with them, um, and it's going to—they'll have top lawyers, and it's probably going to look bad on us. So we'll we'll head for clubs like they, Everton. They're probably scared today. to
3: death of City because with respect, they've got a whole nation state Absolutely. behind them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's different but, for us in Everton.
5: But <laughs> it's all—I mean, I had I had a few Liverpool fans come for me when I did to mention that it was—you it, know—if it was something to do with a, a big six club, then you know. And he was, you know, as you can imagine, he got quite touchy. And why are you bringing Liverpool into it? We've always worked within the rules on finances and stuff like that. Okay, bad example. But at the end of the day, we've said it all along with everything. The big six, the sky six seem more protected than the other clubs. And that is factual. Um, I don't care what anyone says. Um, So, yeah, it's completely ridiculous. What I would say as a caveat is it's our fault we're in this mess. It's our fault we've been charged. Um again, I've had a lot of people come at me saying that I'm bitter. I'm not. If we broke the rules, we deserve punishing. Much like Everton have, much like Everton will. I do feel a little bit, I don't feel for them as such because, again, they've broke the rules. But I think now it's the second time Everton must be feeling that kind of the Premier League's got it in for them a little bit. So, um, again, it's um, it's a tough one. Um, But I just hope that our situation will be deemed a little bit different to Everton's with the lower ceiling and and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully we won't get 10 points. But I think the problem is, is you're going to have certain media outlets now who bring it up after everything that's positive, negative, and it's not going to do anyone any good. That's another reason that I think it's pretty poor that we've got to wait till April because it's just going to be constantly mentioned. You can have fans fretting every time we win. Oh, well, we've won, but we're still only, and if we lose ten, it, it just doesn't do anyone any favors. So hopefully, we, you know, the fans that are going to the games can kind of park it and just keep getting behind the team as as we did against United uh, and Newcastle for the away following, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's it's our fault, but I, I think it all just smacks of kind of hypocrisy against the rest of the league. Christian.
2: Yeah, I'm not too far away from what Lee said, really. I mean, it makes defeats like yesterday even more hurtful, if you like, because... Six points on it yesterday. Basically, yeah. I know, I know a lot of people have said, like, oh, we've got so many injuries, we've not got Gibbs White, we've not got Taiwo, we've not got Alanga, etc. But we're completely ignoring the fact that Brentford without Rico Henry, Brian and Burmo, Aaron Hickey, Kevin Shader, Christian Norgard, Wiss at AFCON, On Gams- at AFCON. Gamsgaard, I don't think. That, injured as well. Yeah. You know, Brentford had half a team out as well. It was their mm. first win in five, whatever it was. Mm. So, you know, it was in true charity FC fashion giving them the win off you know. Um this, but it does. It makes it more hurtful because you think like that's a game we really needed something from yesterday. Because mm-hmm. I, in my mind, we're already on minus six because I don't see how we can't be. It's all going good. Like I know, obviously, um, yourself and Adam are very sort of like. Not putting faith in Nick DeMarco or whatever else, mm. but assuming that because we've hired this very good lawyer, there's a good chance we might be okay. I don't see it that way at all. The way I see it is that the Premier League will make an example of us in Everton because they want to ward off the independent regulator. That might be Matt Leticia, Tin Hat theory for some, but um, I genuinely believe that they'll, they they're terrified of that regulator because they know what it goes. They know they're not running it properly. They know it's is needed, and they want to show they can keep their house in order. And um, so, yeah, I think we'll get the the full book thrown us. I don't this notion that oh we could have sold Johnson and we would have been fine, but we didn't sell Johnson. and got extra money. It's very two sides of a coin because on the one hand, it's that's exactly what we've done. There is exactly what the profit sustainability rules are for. You've maximized value out of academy out of products. You've done what's best for your club, and you've been allowed to progress as a result of it. That's exactly what those rules suggest you do. However what we've effectively done is we've done 40 in a 30 zone. And the argument is, oh, there's a 40 zone, like 15 meters up the road. Like it, it doesn't work like that. Like, so I, I think it's pretty black and white. I mean, we can say as much as we like, yeah, but we had a bid from Brentford for 30 million and we could have accepted it we didn't. And we got 17 and a half million extra revenue as a result of it. Yeah, fine. But you're still two months out of date. So, I mean, it you can take unridge with the rules and believe me, I do because we know it's a red game. I mean, why are, ceiling, why are we being judged as a championship club when we're operating as a Premier League one? I just find that absolutely ridiculous. Like, our ceiling being 61 million, yet Bournemouth and Fulham, because they've yo-yoed 80-odd million, and they've had a parachute payment on top of that? So it's sort of like, you know, they're completely covered, but we aren't. <laughs> so if, if you have the audacity to go up with nine first-team players out of contract, whatever it was, with five low knees going back, you're screwed. So like, like we were, and you, you can maybe argue that that's because of poor planning, a poor recruitment, whatever else, and maybe win up a season too early, who knows? But you can't turn down promotion when it comes in your door. You have to accept it. And that's what we did. So I have, uh, it's sort of damned if you do, if you don't really. You either be a Sheffield United or a Norwich or a West Brom or a Hull or any of these terrible yo-yo clubs that just don't contribute anything to English football. Sell your best players from promotion, spend frugally and go away or you spend like we do and get punished for it. And, like, they're going to be wrong. This is very much our fault. We knew the rules. It was a scattergun policy. We, as much as, as big as the task was, there was still, it's easy to say in hindsight as well, but it's very clear that, like, lines weren't drawn together. It was very much an effort from three different parties, it felt like, and that's ultimately what led to what we got at the end, you know. And that's that's effective for everyone. I mean, it was ultimately... Steve Cooper's idea, for example, was sign Andre Ayou and um, John Joe Shelby. And Chris Wood's come good this season. Yeah, fair. But he didn't for six months of last season. So, you know, you, you have to say, really, that's that's poor, really poor from that side of things. And you look at, you know, um, Maranakis' son. Signing Lingard, I agree with, and we all were on board of it. And to be fair, without signing Lingard, you could argue we don't sign some of the players we do because that was probably a bit of a flagship moment. They saw Lingard go there and thought, you know what, Forest ain't so bad after all. But was it really worth losing four to six million pounds because in wages and whatever else what we got out of him? Probably not. Obviously, you can't tell that at the time, can you? So it's very difficult. And um, I think that, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, we didn't need all of those players. And we probably didn't, but we still need, like, regardless of what happened, we still wouldn't need to sign 20 players anyway. So. It, would, it wouldn't have be been that much different, I suppose. You could maybe say we've maybe saved more money if a bit more joined up and a bit smarter. Yes, but yeah, it's a difficult one. But for what it's worth, I'm acting as if we're four points behind Luton. I think that's attainable, but it does make losses like yesterday even more damaging because we could have pulled Brentford right in with us if we got a point yesterday or even beaten them yesterday. And really, after the first 15 minutes, we should have been home and host. But again, we've seen with the mental fragility of his sides. I saw um, an took issue with someone saying that it felt like a Cooper loss yesterday. But it did. In, in many ways, it did. We gave away two stupid goals, one of which the keeper is solely to blame for, one of which is a set-piece goal from a corner, very poorly defended on both. We've taken the lead and thrown it away within three minutes. We've scored within five minutes and completely imploded again. It's very much characteristic of what's gone on for the first part of this season. So, in that sense, it did feel like a Cooper loss, just with a bit bit more gusto going forward and a few more shots on goal. So, Nuno's got his work cut out on that front. But, um, yeah, I'm not holding out much hope come the um, April uh, hearing, put it that way. Yeah, I think what I said to Adam was one of my
3: points was that, you know, it's always in hindsight we could have we shouldn't have signed this player we shouldn't have signed that player but we could have probably spent 50 million less than we have and still been I'd say pretty ambitious and then we would have been in FFP so yeah you know it's it's a tough one obviously the independent regulator is like they're trying to wave that off because they don't want to distribute to the pyramid do they um and then like as well like you said Christian with the, the several, I mean several examples. I mean, I remember when Derby come up. You know, Billy Davis was asking for more money. They wouldn't spend anything because they came up like you said a season too early. It was a surprise. Probably they came up, and what happened? They went down on on the worst ever total, which will never get beaten. You know, Norwich have come up several times. They go they go back down. They come back up. I think was it two or three times. I know now they're not come back up this time but you know and then they just went back down again so it's it's just striking that balance and that's like what I said you can still be fairly ambitious but you've just got to make sure you're in them guidelines you know we can moan about the rules all we like but the rules are the rules unfortunately in a minute and that is you know, it like. really
2: a, this is the club's fault there's no there's mm. no way there's, no, there's no like I said you can take issue with them like I do but ultimately this is the club's fault they'd have known full well this is what you're allowed to lose This is what, you can't go over this point. Don't do anything stupid. Obviously, you can still try and be ambitious, like you said, but bear this in mind, you cannot Mm. go over this point. And they've just gone, yeah, right, and done it anyway. So this is entirely on the club. There's no one else. I don't want to hear anyone booing the PL anthem. I don't want to see any stupid placards at a city ground saying the Premier League's corrupt. This is entirely on Forests. The rules are rules, and we know it's a red game, yeah, the, but we still broke them. That's the, on us. The
3: football finance expert who's on talk said we kind of priced it in, is what it said we were spending, which I found. Um, yeah, kind of interesting, really. Um, do, did you want anything, Lee, or is that?
5: No, I was just having a thought whilst uh, Christian was talking as well. I think the Premier League, kind of it almost feels like it's becoming a bit of a closed shop for the teams that have, have not been up before. So, you look at our situation, we didn't have the luxury of the parachute payments while we're in the Championship, so we had to beg, borrow and steal with loans and that. Obviously, if Luton stay up, that'll kind of dispel that myth that teams can't be competitive. But it just seems like it's becoming increasingly more difficult to be competitive if you're a first-time, you know, if you've not been in the Premier League before. So... Yeah, I know that these teams like Brentford and Brighton, but like we say, they, they've probably got two of the best recruitment models in the country. I think that, in that sense, I suppose we've got to be a little bit more Brentford and Brighton, I suppose.
3: I think Luton would probably fall into that novelty of the Premier League where the first season teams always find it tough to go to Kenilworth Road, but if they do stay up the second season, like Huddersfield, and yeah, um, they'll, they'll kind of get worked out and then they'll, you know, because they haven't, they're not spending that money to keep. You know, we want to keep staying at this level, not stay for one or two seasons. We want to kind of obviously progress. You know, Blackpool had that season. I know they ended up just going down, didn't they? But you would have sensed it probably would have gone down the season after anyway. You know, to stay, you know, Palace fans are moaning, aren't they? They've been in the Premier League for 10 seasons, I think it is now. But they're just stagnated because they stay up every season because they've got an experienced manager. But... They're just not progressing anywhere so you kind of you if you want to progress at this level you, you have to spend money because every other team at the top is spending money um i did have a point but i've kind of i've kind of forgotten now so we'll, we'll move on and um, i'll round this section off for you adam um before we'll quickly uh, go over the blackpool game i mean it, it's very quiet all around on the transfer front in the whole league at the minute um TalkSport was saying that Dragerson, who's gone to Spurs, was the actual only buy. I think, so far a few days ago. I'm not sure if that's changed so far. So, clubs clearly, uh, you know, uh, purse strings are a bit tight. I mean, do you think it would be a, like an, a domino effect in case for us at the end of the window where we might be able to bring someone in so it sees X player leaving? I'm thinking of maybe Warrell, maybe McKenna, possibly Mangala. Um, or do you expect us with this FFP run to not do any business at all?
4: It's a, it's a difficult one now because we're now in a di- we're in a new cycle as it is. So we'll lose that ch- Say if we do stay up in the Premier League, we'll we'll lose that that COVID season, don't we? And then we gain another Premier League season. So I don't think it really matters about that in a sense. But I think we are being more cautious. Jan- we all know January is like a ridiculous like transfer window really like prices are sky high because if you want to buy anyone decent from another team the prices rake up because you kind of know where you're heading for in the second half of the season where clearly in a relegation battle regardless if we get a points deduction or not we're still amongst that group aren't we so uh, which I do still think is attainable like Christian said I do think we've got enough I've seen enough even without Gibbs White, Alanga who if we had one of them yesterday we might get something out of the game I do think we've got enough in us to to get enough points to still stay up, but whether I think there's going to be any movement for us is I, I do feel I, I agree with you. I think it, it's going to take a couple to leave before we bring any in, and we either need a goal a new goalkeeper, which I thought we didn't, but we might we might well need one. Mm-hmm. But more of, I, th- I think more of a winger. I think we need a winger more, so just to help Callum Hudson Odoi and Alanger out really one one the mm-hmm. we' Shoe on Dominguez out there is unfair on him because he he, he clearly isn't a wide midfielder, but he, he does a good job out there. But you can't really rely on that all season. It that'd be
3: pretty. Yeah, stupid. he's energetic in Dominguez. I mean, the only actual link I've seen with a play actually was a winger, which was. Geo Rayner, there's not really been much about. I mean, usually we'd link with every Tom Dicker, and Harry, aren't we? But um there's also using in...
4: the loan market, if anything, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah,
3: well, we apparently wanted like a net zero window, didn't we? Apparently, um, obviously there's talks carrying on it seems with Napoli. I think Mangala's keen to kind of go there, but we're holding out for as much money as we can get, which seems to be kind of a loan with an obligation to buy with certain clauses in there. So we'll kind of see what happens with
2: that but not much happening at the minute um i think we know so, that, um go on maranakis likes waiting for deadline though don't he, he likes thrill, <laughs> yeah right? So yeah, the thrill, yeah he sort of so um, loves it um, doesn't he? yeah he like he, i think um i think that there was an athletic piece Funny enough all the uh the negative the athletic that they are which obviously we know they aren't it's just people getting offended by the slights thing but um I remember them saying, like in this um, thing that Marinakis loves it. It's almost like it seems like a poker game, almost like who's gonna, <laughs> who's, like who's gonna sort of flink, who's gonna twist, and he, um, he thinks <laughs> that's best. Do you, yeah. Do you think he puts on Jim White's
3: yellow tie? Um, Probably. So yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> I must say, I mean, the Athletic article what came out after that Blackpool game was. Um, was poor. Once on the back of that, I mean, they, they chucked Dan. It was under more the of a social. Ad, because... It was more the social. Yeah, yeah right I mean, I'm then, sure Dan yeah. would have had a strong word with him because this proper thrown him under the bus because it was the actual account wanted and they tagged him in it. Um, I think he actually got deleted, didn't it? In the end,
2: It did. Yeah, I've, yeah. I'm
3: sure there would have been a stern word. Um, yeah, there's kind of no real need for that, I guess. Um, we'll just um, I'll rather than asking a question each, we'll just go through the Blackpool game, which was obviously on Wednesday night. I mean, we went two 0 up. Uh, thanks to Andrew bandadelli's first goal for the club, and then Danilo's goal, which, yeah, no, um, no explanation needed on that. And we was absolutely cruising, and then in true Charity FC fashion, um, we dilly dally with it on the edge of his box. And to be fair to, I think it was Albie Morgan. Wanted it? it was a really good strike, got Blackpool back in the game, and then a lofted ball to the back post wasn't defended and. I think there were a few questions asked of the goalkeeper and they headed it in to make it 2-2 i mean they probably should have won the tie really then because um the wonder kid from celtic i know he's now at brest um, dembele he kind of tried to take it round vlacadimos which i actually thought vlacadimos did quite well with that because he stood up and sent him wide whereas if he'd have gone down i think he'd have just took it round him and slotted it in thankfully as well Mangala blocked it pretty much on the line to you know, that would have been some comeback for them. Before, in extra time, we did finally win the tie as um, Chris Wood tapped in from Ryan Yates's cross to assist the eights on the night. I mean, what did you guys make of it overall that game? You know, it, start with you, Adam, and then just follow on.
4: Um, great cup tie, to be fair. I thought Blackpool gave it everything they could give and... We struggled maybe a little bit on their pitch. It bobbled and and everything. But I think that's what the FA Cup's all about. I know (laughs) we didn't want to go to extra time and that probably gave us a little bit of a disadvantage last night because even though Brentford went to extra time as well, they got the extra day. But yeah, I think as an FA Cup game goes, I think if you as a neutral go, this is bloody brilliant. Um, As a Forest fan, you go... This is awful. <laughs> it
3: was t- <laughs> t- 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 painful viewing when they got
4: one back.
2: <laughs> but but but
4: like like it, it it's great as well because it it I it's just good entertainment and 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 Bristol City. I expect it to be a tough game on Friday night again. I mean, I'm sure you'll ask us for a prediction, but yeah, expect another tough game against against Bristol City because we're we're really short on numbers. But it could be an opportunity again for some fringe players who weren't fringe players before, but they have become them recently because of because of absentees. Someone like Aguilera could get get a more minutes under his belt, which can only benefit his development. And hopefully that will give it give us another player to, to use in the Premier League as well. But I'll let I'll let Christian come in on it as well now.
2: Yeah. it was pretty much absolutely classic forest, wasn't it? Like <laughs> cruising for 60 minutes, completely control the game concede one goal and then just completely implode. I mean, like, so obviously I know you like your boxing analogies, reese. it was literally like someone just against the rope, just unable to defend themselves that last 10 minutes, just just taking punch after punch after punch, just waiting for the bell. And, um, thankfully it came. Um, um, wait, that shouldn't be happening, really. It, it should not be happening. I mean, I, I know obviously, like you especially know, you, against a League One team, yeah, like Magic the Carp. I know it's a terrible skating rink of a pitch and whatever else, but that should not <laughs> be happening. Like, and you know, I, I, am. It's something that concerns me about what goes into our what will go into our coming fight, really, because mm-hmm. you see things like yesterday, you see things like Blackpool, and you, you know, you see the amount of times we've only is it nineteen points we've lost from winning positions now mm-hmm. this season. And that's that was something that we had to fix from last season. Otherwise, we said ourselves we'd be exactly in the same position we would be now. And here we are, like a few months down the line, exactly the same instant. I don't think that squad's mentally strong enough to mm-hmm. kick on to where Marinakis wants it to. Oh, I think it's clear think that, that is. Yeah, I don't he think he's strong enough to stay up in the league at this rate. Because like, if we get any form of reduction, how are they going to cope? Mm-hmm. If 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 they're folding like you know a deck chair against Blackpool, a League One side away, where you're still in complete control of the game. With half an hour to go, what what's going to happen when you get done six points or ten points? It means going to go down with a whimper. Like forget it. See you later. I must, like,
1: I, must
3: I must say when it went to two one, it was kind of glaring. It was not gonna. It was going to finish 2 It it was it was. You know, we could yeah. control
2: the game as well. All we had to do was just step up half a gear. We would have seen that mm. game out like, or won the game three or four one. But no, we just completely imploded. And, you know, Scott McKenna, of all people, saving the day. Like, <laughs> I just, you know, it, it, it's a huge concern moving forward. I know um it, ca- it came out again in another article that Cooper had reservations about the mentality of this group. And I can kind of see what he means, if I'm being honest. Like, it's, it is a big concern moving forward. And hopefully, like, you know, the FFP gods are kind to us. We just get a slap on the wrist and a fine and we can move on. But in the summer, that's something I would not be against a versus bringing in a few more maybe like 24, 25, or a bit like Dominguez, like a bit more experienced players who have that winning sort of mentality to them that
5: won't just capitulate. Lee, anything? What I do find a bit odd about the mentality thing is we went behind against Newcastle and came back and won, and we kind of had that sucker punch with Turner being turn yeah, again, again. against United and still found a way to win. So, I think it is in there. I just think it's probably certain players on certain days. I st- I'm still quite optimistic that under Nuno, our home form, might just improve an- enough to kind of co- compensate for any kind of points deduction. But we'll see. Uh, in terms of the Blackpool game, I actually thought it reminded me of a... I just had to have a look when this game was. When Stockport played Bolton, um, Bolton <laughs> were winning 2-0 and they were winning 3-1 and Stockport came back. They were in the conference then. They came back and won (laughs) 5-3. Now, I sat and watched that game and thought, this is why they keep with the FA Cup. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. brilliant because I was a complete neutral. When it happens to yourself and you're supporting Forest, it's absolutely awful and the FA Cup should be just dismissed as Mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. But, uh, yeah, it was a tough old night, wasn't it? It shouldn't have been, like Christians just said, it shouldn't have been. Um, We should have been outside, but Charity FC was uh, in town again. So, yeah, luckily we had Mangala on the line uh, and the keeper did do well in that situation, actually. Uh, I think it would have been easier to just kind of commit and, and let Dembele score. Um, but yeah, it was just I'm job done, I suppose, in the end, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, he gave a great
3: advertisement to keep replays into from a, you know, a pyramid perspective, yeah. but Oral Mangala single-handedly ruining the FA Cup because stop their famous turnaround um, right we'll wrap things up then as we look ahead to another another FA Cup tie on the back of us beating Blackpool on Friday night as we head down the M5 to Bristol City um, they've already got a Premier League scalp on their record at Ashton Gate this season as they've knocked out West Ham in the third round I mean West Ham looked the most unasked team I think I've seen this season in that game I'll follow on with you Lee because um, I know you've got to shoot soon so is this a game you attach serious value to, or would you rather have full focus beyond the, the bread and butter of the Premier League this season, especially with you know FFP charges and then just finish it with a
5: prediction, mate? Um I think there's got to be serious value in it now. We've had lost as we did yesterday. I think winning breeds confidence. Um I think Nuno will recognise that. I don't I think even though they beat West Ham, I don't think Bristol City have been in truly great form this yes, season. I've got it? a feeling in my lost today. Well, they've
3: got a yeah. new manager, Liam have
5: Liam. they? I've got a new manager, yet, mm. So, it'll be a tough game because we're going to have the... Yeah, the drew yesterday. I, I hate the concept, but it's it's probably a little bit of a... Now they've beat West Ham. It's a bit like our cup run when we were in the Championship, isn't it? It's another Premier League team. It's one that they'll see that they can get a decent result against. Um, I think with what we've got available, I mean, I can't see, even if and gives white off it, I can't see them playing... Three days before we've got to play Arsenal, um, so I think it's going to be the same group that heads down there, and I think it might be a draw. To be honest, I think we might end up with the extra game and another replay. I've just got a feeling it might be a one-one draw. Um, like Christian's mentioned with the mentality, I'm just not sure. We've in at the moment. I'm just not sure we've got the leaders in there um, to win. I hope I'm wrong, but I'll go for a one-one.
3: Yeah, it's kind of a shame we haven't got Felipe in there, isn't it? because he'd be the perfect partner as well for Marillo to learn off. It's just a shame he's mm. kind of made a glass now. I mean, Bristol City, I'm just having a look at their um, records. So they've won in their last 10 at home, I think they've won six and mm. lost three and drew one. So very kind at of championship. Then, so though. decent decent form at home. Um, so I don't really look at the championship nowadays. I'm a great snob. The, the, the 13th in the championship. So very mid-table championship side. Um, as we used to be back in the day, um, Christian, I mean, what type of game are you expecting? And then also a f- prediction from yourself, bud.
2: Uh, it's going to be a um, a battle, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, very physical, it'll be um, yeah, very cold, I'm guessing. Very cold, it'll be a proper roll your sleeves up, like muck yeah. and nettles game, I think. Um, I'm just sort of looking at the table now. I mean, much like you, I've not watched too much of the Championship. It doesn't seem they've done that much better since Pearson's left. I, I suppose they're there are, there are only six points off the playoffs, I suppose. Um, but, you know, they their goal it's a zero, which says quite a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, if we're being honest, I think the group of players we had, we showed enough yesterday at Brentford, if I'm being honest, even with the frailties. I don't know if... And then again, the, every every mistake was punished against Blackpool, it felt like. But um, I think that, I'd like to think we'd win 2-1 against Bristol City. I fancy to get that done. Um, no Lyle Taylor, of course, but same scoreline. And um, hopefully, um, Blackadimus can do enough to warrant a start against Arsenal. Because, Jesus, like, I can't, if, if we have, it doesn't matter what the Premier League do to us. We've already got a points of deduction in goal. We play Turner anyway. So, that we, we need him to step up, fucking like teamers, we really too So, oh,
3: just, I just don't know what to say. I mean, or oh, at least that if it is turning goal against Arsenal, hopefully it could give him a kick up the arse with the fact that it's against Arsenal, his old club. And um, finally, Adam, um, I mean, what kind of lineup would you like to see? And obviously, after you've given us one, give us a score version of a prediction. I. I would like Nuno to
4: ring the changes, to be honest. I think there's so much emphasis on that game on the Tuesday against Arsenal, especially at home where we've largely touched wood, been pretty good against them. Uh, and I'd rather be more full strength and and rested for that game. But also, I still would like to take the FA Cup semi-seriously. But it's
2: oh.
4: Oh, well, no. Gremlins are in oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry there's there's not much manoeuvrability basically within our squad but we, we can still make enough changes to put out a team that can win the game like you can still put Toffolo back in at left back warro and McKenna maybe I guess yeah um, Williams at right back and 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 maybe change midfield a bit, put Aguilera in. But yeah, I, I can't see it as expected. I can't really see it changing too much unless players suddenly become available again. Mm. Well, um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love, I'd love. I, I, I always, I always love to see some of the youngsters get given a go. But our squad is actually really young anyway, so it's kind of mm. all getting a go in, in a sense. But I would love to see like a song get a go because I I do hear and I've seen a lot of them and. and I know he's not played even a game of league football before, but I just kind of think that um, young enthusiasm and Mm. maybe excitement can can, can Uh, kind of... Turn a player into something yeah. that you don't even know you've got until you give him the chance. To, but to be fair, an in
3: injury time last night, I wouldn't have minded those songs getting chucked on. You know, if he was going to have to go long, which I mean, we did in nothing. If, in if, pe- time. if
4: people, if people have never seen him, he's very a, similar. Glad Davis. He? He's mm. very, very similar yeah, in well, terms just... of he's powerful. He's got he's he's fast. He's very could use both feet. He's he's mm. strong. So, I mean, I'm surprised he's not had a had a loan move before now, but when times are tough we, we kind of need him on our bench at the moment I, th- I think
3: nowadays with the, the system with the B team and that you know we have spoke about this before haven't we it's kind of you know we've had uh, quite a few young players haven't to go out on loan it's not worth them you know you look at Alex yeah. Martin and I don't think Oli Hammond's playing at Cheltenham
5: there's, there's he's, gone he's, this...
4: he's gone on loan somewhere else now he he gone loan...
5: he's gone permanently to Oldham Ollie Adam he's Hammond. gone permanently oh, has he? to Oldham yeah.
3: I didn't know that yeah. Yeah, so he, yeah so he's basically gone from League 1 now to the National League I know. Yeah. Um, is it Farrell Johnson the other day went to Swindon? Yeah. So um, a lot of them are leaving, yeah. aren't they
4: now? Mm. But yeah, yeah. Go. Just going back. I think. Um, yeah, you know, Del Taylor is just whipped them any. Part of me is agreeing with Lee. You know, I think it might be a draw, and mm. I, I, that we don't really need it with our, how thin our squad is. Um, I'd love us to win, but now I'm going to go for a one-one um, emphasis on the Arsenal game for me. Get get Gibbs White and Alanger back, and and we we can beat them. I know we'll probably go for another pod for the Arsenal game, but yeah, that, that's for me it's it's league. I'm not bothered about cups right now. I know you are Reece, sometimes. But.
3: Yeah, I am a traditionist, but obviously, you know, we we kind of I do get it. Um I I do get it because obviously the situation with this squad being Fred there, and you know, um yeah, the FFP situation. Um just a little tip for you, Adam. Pedal that bike quicker for your internet next time. <laughs> um, I mean, I I am I'm, I'm the only I'm going on I'm the only one out as four who are making the trip. So it's a new ground for me. So two in a week, which is great. Um if I am a gambling man and, and to be honest, I, I think they'll beat us. I, I I just think that with those injuries, I think it might be a similar kind of performance to what West Ham put up and they'll just nick it one nil again. Um and, and we'll kind of just concentrate on the Premier League so much. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong. I want to see us progress. Because like Lee said, winning Breeze Conference, and it would be nice to have a cup run, because you never know. Um, a few more wins, and it would be another Wembley trip. But that's it then for this episode of Red Side of the Trent. An absolute bump one. So, sorry to have gone on. I'm probably boring folk to death. But um, So, I mean, we, we've advanced in the cup this week, but it's not the result we needed slash wanted in the Premier League. Um I mean, see, see you at Bristol if you are making a trip on Friday. I mean, thanks for those who have been watching this morning and those who will listen on the uh, Spotify or Apple podcast, however you listen to I mean, if you are watching on YouTube, please um, click subscribe. That'll be very much appreciated. And until next time, come on, you Reds.
2: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk
1: Sport, powered by fans. on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.